0: And he hit on that joy thing, and I had, I've had these notes, and, and I felt it, like, <laughs> like, and I felt that you connected with it, like we have gone through a long, uh, hard season, and the Bible says that the kingdom of God is three things. Let me know this verse. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Now think about that. Righteousness is our right standing with God. Peace is what we carry with us because Jesus is peace and he is our prince of peace in us. And joy is what we experience and give to others. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Right? And I love that a third of the kingdom is joy. And a third of the kingdom is peace. And a third of the kingdom is righteousness. And I wrote these notes, I don't remember, uh, August 22nd, I wrote this in my phone, and the Lord says, I want you to serve and lead with joy. And I was like, okay, Lord, I I do too. (laughs) Like, I want to lead with joy. I'm a serious person. Like, if you haven't been around me long, I'm a serious, I like to argue, I like to discuss, I like to debate, I like to contemplate and think, and I'm no fun. I'm only fun in an argument if I'm on your team. (laughs) <laughs> right. Um, I, just the way I'm wired and but I haven't always been that way. I used to be the crazy, wild, fun, slide across the hood of the car, jump, mosh pitting in the middle of pep rallies at school and during worship service on stage. So some of y'all remember those days of Jared? Like the, the, the choir robe could not hold my joy, right? <laughs> you know, Just flinging that shawl around and uh, seeing how high I could jump, working on my vertical in worship because I was so happy that Jesus set me free. And you, you become an adult and you take on responsibility and you push your joy down, and you're like you don't even know how to have fun anymore. And I love that Hank hit on that, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go where you where you took it, and we're gonna go through this and. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed, come on, with the oil of gladness above all his companions. If you want to look in, in Psalm 45, verse 7, that's where that verse is. You should mark that verse, highlight it, circle it, make a, I don't know, uh, something that you can post on your mirror, on your car, um, put a reminder in your phone every day for that verse to pop up, and it's Psalm 45, Verse 7. And it's also Hebrews 1 9. I'm going to read both of those. And then we're going to talk about joy. And we're going to ask the Lord to lift our heavy burdens. (sighs) Amen. All right. So, Psalm 45, verse 7. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Whoa. There's the key to joy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. The key to joy is loving what is righteous and literally hating what is wicked. Because you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, the Bible says, Psalm 45, verse 7, therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness or the oil of joy more than all of your companions. Jesus had the most joy. And I love that you highlighted on that too in the series that it was the Jesus that they probably encountered. They probably had some of the best Times. Have you ever had those times where you're with friends and you laugh so hard your stomach hurt the next night or next day? That's probably who Jesus was. I see him as, as a jokester. I see him as someone who was very funny, and I, I see him trying to lighten the mood everywhere he went. Because you think times are really um, tense right now. Think when Jesus came on the scene, what was going on. It was very tense then, too. There was a, a battle between governing bodies. There was a battle between the Jews and the Romans. There was, it was a tense atmosphere, and the religious leaders were frustrated. And for 400 years, the prophets hadn't heard from God. For 400 years, the prophets did not get a word from the Lord. It was, he was silent. And now all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and he breaks the silence, and every word he says offends everyone. You're like, okay, you've been quiet, God, for this whole time. And then you bring Jesus to preach this message that offends every part of what we know about you. That was the atmosphere Jesus came into. And if he came into it tense, if he came into it like felt, feeling like, man, I'm, we're really in a struggle right now. we got to be serious because this is serious business. I don't think he would have been as effective. But he came into it with joy mm-hmm. above all of, all of his companions, the oil of joy. And it, I can just see the picture of God pouring oil. Come on, who, who wants that right now? Pouring the oil of gladness from the top of our head over our whole being right now. The oil of being a child again amen because we've loved righteousness and hated wickedness god has anointed jesus with the oil of joy above all his companions it quotes this scripture again in hebrews 1 9 he says you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness it says there lawlessness therefore god your god has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than all of your companions how many want the oil of joy yeah all right we want it we get it right we get as much, he gives us his spirit without measure. Yeah. Amen. We can have as much as we want. When's the last time we really laughed? With a light heart. Yeah, come on. I laugh a lot. Um, I, I cry a lot. I want to laugh more. Yeah, <laughs> Why was Jesus able to be so joyful and light and happy? We've ne- we haven't had this picture of Jesus. The church is has drawn a picture, like if I say picture Jesus right now, some of you just shout out what you see when you see Jesus. He's on the cross. He's smiling. I Thank you. I'm glad some people do see that, but most people don't see that Jesus. Most people see a serious Jesus, you know, given some sort of look like he's a model, you know, these pictures of pretty Jesus, you know. He's got the pretty hair, and he's just standing. He's so attractive. I don't think Jesus was attractive. The Bible says he wasn't. There was nothing about his appearance that would have drawn anyone to him. Except his joy, he was happy. So we get these pictures of Jesus, and I picture him as a warrior. I see him on the white horse with a sword, like ah fierce. I love that picture of Jesus, right? But who, what else do we see? Anyone else that I miss? The fire in his eyes. Yeah, I see him flipping the table over. You know that Jesus. You know, I see the Jesus um, uh, crying in the garden, and tears of blood coming from, from his brow and from his eyes as he wept over what was about to happen. I, I see all of those, but the first image that doesn't come to it doesn't come to mind is the happy, smiling face of Jesus, and that is who he was. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Y'all remember this? We've talked about this from different angles a lot, but when Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist. Y'all know where we're going here. He, he goes down in the water, and he comes up. And the moment that happens, what happens? There's a voice from heaven's open. There's a voice from heaven. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him. And then what did the voice say? This is my oh. well, I'm well. well Which means I have pleasure in him. So Jesus was anointed with the pleasure of the Father. Hmm. So he lived from a place of pleasure, of joy, like not trying to earn uh, righteousness, not trying to earn a place of authority with his father, not trying to earn favor with God. He walked in favor from the beginning. So every, every time he encountered a problem in life, he came from it from a perspective of my father's already pleased with me. I can't fail. Why would things be, like the joke, why so serious? Remember the Joker in the Batman movies. Why so serious when you can't fail? Why are we so serious when we have been baptized? How many have you been baptized? How many felt the dove of the Holy Spirit come upon you, right? Like the pleasure of the Lord has come upon us. How can we fail if we've already earned, through Jesus, his pleasure? Yeah. So we're playing with house money. That's why Paul could say, man, whether I'm rich, I'm happy. Whether I'm poor, I'm happy. I don't care. I can be beaten. I can live in a nice house. I can stand before kings. I can be in a pit in the ground. Either way, I'm happy because I've earned his pleasure. It changes the way we live our life. So when an obstacle rises up, we don't come from a place of tension and striving. Nothing happens in our life or in the kingdom when we strive. And we just try real hard. If I just try harder, I can make it. No, that's not how the kingdom works. The Lord wants us to live from a place of his pleasure resting upon us. And, the, and, and we talk about this. We don't, we don't talk about this in the church because the world has stolen the word pleasure and put its meaning on it. Yeah, on. But we're to live in the pleasure of the king. Like, <laughs> when, when Ruth and Naomi, the story of Ruth has just been on my heart a lot lately, and she's like, why don't you just go in and go into his tent and see if he lays his robe over you. See if Boaz will lay his robe over you, meaning his pleasure. If, he's fi- if you find pleasure, he will take his robe and he will cover you with his royal robes and he will take care of you. Just see. And Ruth did it, and she found the pleasure of Boaz. And you know the, the beautiful story of how he left things on purpose for her to take care of her. Like, I see God that same way. He wants us to come into his tent yeah. and just see if we can find a place where he's pleased with us. Like, well, I, I don't think I could ever please God. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. He's already pleased. Yeah. Like, well, I can't do anything to earn it. Absolutely right. That's what makes it freeing. Yeah. It, it, like last week, we talked about it. It doesn't come from my own resources. Yeah. So I, I don't have to bear the brutal responsibility of earning his pleasure. Jesus earned it and then gave it to me freely by me changing my belief system from one kingdom to another kingdom, from believing the lie that I have to do this on my own and I have to use my own resources to please the Father. I go from that kingdom to a new kingdom where Jesus says, you are already in the Father. Because I'm in the Father, you're in the Father. And if he's pleased with me, he's pleased with you. It's a completely different mindset. And I I really hope that we tap into this, that we will begin to be fun people to be around. (laughs) Like everyone wants to just talk about negative and argue and uh, how many are sick of all of it? Raise your hand. Like How many are tired of all of it? I'm done with it. I, I don't like, can we talk about something fun? Like, this is life. We get one of these. I'm not going to spend one more day worrying about what's going on in the world. Yeah. I'm not going to spend, and I'm making, like, Lord Jesus, help me. I'm making a confession. I'm not going to spend one more day frustrated with where our country is going or where this thing's going or that. I'm going to learn to rest in His pleasure because I'm also one of his sons. You're also one of his sons and daughters, and he's pleased with you. (laughs) Even when we do the wrong thing, he pulls us close. Even when we think, man, I've royally messed this up. The Bible says a live dog is better than a dead lion. There's still hope, there's still hope. Like this phrase came up in a, a podcast a few months back, and they were talking about someone who had has left the faith, someone that was pretty famous in the Christian faith, and they left the faith and they they're doing what's called deconstructing their faith and trying to reconstruct it, which sounds like a really bad idea all around how how Where would I even know where to go to deconstruct or reconstruct it? I have nothing in me to do this yet, this person's going through that, and the person interviewing him said, I don't think Jesus is done with you. And when he said that, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. And I started thinking of all the people in my life that I love that have walked away from the Lord. My friends, some of us have sons and daughters that have known the Lord before but don't know him now or aren't living, maybe they know him but they're not living for him or they're not letting him uh, impact their life. I just hear that over them right now. Jesus is not through with you. Jesus is not done with you. He's pleased. He's going to bring you close. We, we have earned this place through Jesus a place of favor. And the oil of gladness can be poured upon us the same way it was upon Jesus. And I'm, I'm wanting to change the way people experience me. I want them to walk away with, with, with hope. I want them to walk away with peace. I want them to walk away with joy. Like I can do this. Like life is is supposed to be fun. I want to have more fun. I don't want my kids to leave my house and be like, "Man, we just didn't have very much fun." I want to have more fun. God's not against us having more fun and joy. The Bible even says in Nehemiah eight verse ten says, "Go your way, eat the fat." Come on. I get a steak. You better give me a little fat on my steak. Don't take all that fat off of there. I want to eat the fat of the steak. Drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Do not be sorrowful for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on. Who needs strength for today? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Not a warrior spirit is my strength. Not more information, not more discipline, not more responsibility, not more knowledge. Like if I just knew more, I would have more strength. Not true. The joy, come on, say it the joy of the Lord is my strength and it's my portion. Once you say it's my portion. Oh. I see it like this When I have When I have people over my house the, the respected guests that come Say I'm going to cook steaks All right, So I had have to invite all of you over We'll have to do this different times If you're a guest in my house You get to pick the steak that you want It's your, it's your portion You get to pick the steak we do this for birthdays. We like to grill steaks at our house for our birthday. The birthday boy or girl, there's only one girl, so the birthday girl or boys gets to pick the best steak. That It's yours, you get to pick it, it's yours. It's your portion. I hear the Lord saying to you today, you get to pick your portion. You're the guest. I'm pleased with you. I would love to give you the best cut of, of steak. I would love to give you the best of the vegetables, whatever it is you want. You get the first portion of the banana pudding. <laughs> you, get all, you get the first portion of whatever your dessert of choice is. You, get, you can eat all the fat. You can have whatever you want. Don't be sorrowful. It's a time for rejoicing. We're not going to a funeral when Jesus comes back. He conquered death already. Like, we act in the church like we're waiting for Jesus to come back so we can all go to a funeral and mourn all the things that we missed out on or how we just barely survived. Or No, we're going to a wedding. Come on. Where was Jesus' first miracle? At a wedding. We're not going to a funeral. We're going to a wedding. A celebration. Weddings aren't like, like, some people know how to do weddings Right? Some cultures know how to do it right. Us American white people, we got it wrong. We're stupid. We, we got we to build some culture into our weddings. Cultures around the world, it's a long celebration. Some cultures, it's days of celebrations. The Indian culture has multiple day celebrations of the wedding. Other cultures around the world, they celebrate. It's a big deal. It's not just two people becoming one. It's two families And it's a big celebration, and no expenses spared. Come on, we want the nicest place to have the wedding. We want the we want the best food. Come on, who who's been to a wedding like that? Like, man, this is this is this, this is what we're going to at the end, the banquet. <laughs> Come on, the the marriage supper of the lamb, the lamb of God, who who is having his bride finally brought into his chamber. Come on, that's what we're going to. Yet we live like we're going to a funeral. So let's break through this, amen? Hank, I'm so glad you hit this today. Again, I had this uh, in the chamber for months ago, and I was like, ah, I I don't feel like it was right any any time, but today, let's do it. Let's let the oil of joy go from the top of our head all the way down to where the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. Come on, amen? What does it say in Hebrews 12? Let's just read it. Hebrews 12, start with verse 1. Hebrews twelve verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, come on. Yeah. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. How many of you ran uh, track? Anyone, long distance track or like? Okay, I, I ran track as well, and you know what my favorite part of the whole thing was—the last stretch. It didn't matter what race it was. I ran different races. It didn't matter what they were, especially the longer distance races where they're just bored. You're just going in circles like NASCAR for so long. And then finally, they know it's the final lap and you're on the last 400 meters of that final lap. And what happens? The whole side of the bleachers goes crazy. They're cheering. They're screaming. They're saying, well done. You've done it. You've made it this far. Go dig deep. Dig deep. Keep going. And they're cheering and cheering and cheering. And they're building up your confidence. They're building up your endurance, cheering us on. That's what's happening right now. I hear all of heaven cheering us on right now. Don't be weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. Keep fighting. Fight the good fight. Run the race. Keep going. Come on. Yeah? And then it says, looking unto Jesus. Whenever I would hit that last stretch, I'm looking at the tape. I'm going to hit the tape, all right? I don't care who's around me. I'm going to hit the tape. I'm going to finish. I'm going to try to beat all of you, but I'm definitely going to finish my best. Looking ahead. I didn't look up into the stands and wave at mom. You know, I didn't do, no. Put our head straight forward and we ran for the finish line. Focused. Like it was, like my vision was pulling me forward. There are cheers and all the stuff around, but then also my vision was pulling me into the future, right? And, and that's what he's saying. Look unto Jesus, the author. He's the one that started this race. <sighs> And he's going to pull us to the finish, right? The author and finisher of our faith. For who, who for the, what? For the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. He says, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you do not become weary. Come on. Say, so that we don't become weary. Mm. But it was for the joy set before him. It was joy from the beginning of his life to the end. It's joy. Joy carried him on. Whew, we need joy. You know, I've had, I had a prophecy from Al Fury probably 15 years ago. And he, and he said he said, you're going to wake up laughing in the middle of the night. And I was like, all right, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Probably crying, but not laughing. <laughs> uh, he's like, no, you're going to wake up with holy laughter. Yeah, I was like, okay. It still hasn't happened yet. So I'm like, Lord, pour more joy in me. I need to have more fun. Come on. <laughs> Out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. ha. <laughs> You know, let's just finish with this. We do have responsibilities, right? Like we're adults, but they don't feel like responsibilities when it's done from a place of pleasure. When it comes from joy, it's my pleasure. It's my joy. It's my joy. joy. I remember this, uh, uh, I'll probably butcher the story because it's been years since I I told it, but there was a a woman and and she and her husband, uh, her husband had passed away and she was talking about how he had a list of all the things that, that he wanted her to do in their marriage so that he would be happy, so that things would be good. And she loved him, and so she tried her best to do all the things on that list. Right, I want I want his food ready when he comes home from work. This is old time, so I want the newspaper and his slippers or whatever in robe. I want his chair ready to go, iced tea with the proper amount of ice in it. Come on, some of us come from a time like that. We grew up like I just want to make sure it's perfect for him because he worked really hard, and I, I want and I want to wear his favorite color and his favorite perfume, all the stuff. And she did. It, and it was so hard to do because he was a mean man and he didn't love her. So now she comes back and she's married to a new husband who loves her with his whole heart, who doesn't demand anything from her. Just love, just love me. That's all I need from you. And she was digging one day and she found the old list of things that her old husband had told her, you have to do these things. And she started looking through the list and she's like, I do all of those things now, but I do it from a place of love and joy, and it doesn't feel like a to-do list. That's the new covenant. We don't do all of these things because we have to, because it's required of us. We do it out of love and out of pleasure for Him. See, pleasure goes both directions. When the Lord pours His pleasure on us, then it's our pleasure that we pour back to Him, and it makes it intimate. Intimate. We should use these words. That's what it is. It's an intimate love connection. It's an intimate relationship with him. He initiates the pleasure over my life, and I give back to him. The pleasure of my life is worship. It's beautiful, and it's how we're supposed to live. And yeah, we can do all the stuff we didn't think we could do before because it was rules. Now we do it because it's our pleasure. Oh, come on. Yeah. Jesus, we ask for joy. Would you stand? We're just going to close out. Jesus, we ask for the joy of the Lord. Come on. Why not you just lift your hands? Holy Spirit, anoint us with the oil of gladness above all of our companions. Fill us with the joy of the Lord. Yeah, we're going to eat the fat portion. <laughs> we're going to drink the sweetest. We're going to eat the best desserts. <laughs> because you've prepared a table for us. A wedding feast in the presence of our enemies. Our cup runs over. (laughs) We're like, oh, I don't want to drink all of that lemonade because it's going to go away. There's plenty more where that came from. Free refills. (laughs) Come on. Yes, Jesus. (sighs) Joy, joy, joy. Come on righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. Because you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. Come on above all of your companions. Why don't you just put your hand on your head and just ask God to anoint you with the oil of gladness. Come on. Yeah. Jesus, may we live from a place of joy and your pleasure on our lives. Jesus. Yeah, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Yeah. Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Yeah, come on. Yeah, just let it go. Thank you, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on. Don't you just bow your heads. If you're in a moment with God, you go. You can tune me out. You, you, but if you're here, I want to ask this question. Um, do you feel God's pleasure over your life? Come on. Huh. Like, I don't really know. It's undeniable when you feel it. And the Lord wants to pour his pleasure over everyone here. His love, his joy, his complete acceptance. And then here's what we do. We just need to practice being aware of what brings him pleasure. What is he like? And do more of that. Find what pleases the Lord. We want to increase in joy, love, righteousness, hate, wickedness, and find out what pleases the Lord. If it pleases the Lord, I want to do more of it. If it displeases him, I want to do less of that because I need, if Jesus needed to live in the pleasure of his father and be anointed with the oil of joy, I need it as well. And so would you just pray for someone close to you that they would begin to encounter? Let me say this. Encounters are for everyone. How many, stop for one second. When you hear the word encounter, how many people kind of tune out like, I I don't really know what that means. I don't, I don't, that sounds kind of crazy. An encounter is just when we come face-to-face with the living God. That's an encounter. Face-to-face with a living God. He's alive. And every one of us should be, be living where we have encounters with God, where we experience his presence. We experience his face, right? And it's for everyone. And it's not just for seasoned believers. It's not just for people that are really uh, accepting and and, and it's easy for them to respond. No, it's for all of us to have these moments and encounters with the Lord. And so I'm just going to pray over you. Pray for someone close to you. Jesus, we ask that you would increase our encounters. Increase our encounters with you. The living God. The living God. Yeah, come on. Increase our encounters for your pleasure over our lives in every way in Jesus name anoint us with the oil of joy the oil of gladness turn our sorrow into laughter turn our weeping into dancing into roller skating <laughs> whatever just convert our life from darkness to light come on from heaviness to lightness you said your yoke is easy and your burden is light we receive the oil of gladness as our burden (laughs) as our yoke today we're yoked to your joy we're yoked to the pleasure of the Lord Jesus come on Surrender to you, Jesus. God, I ask that you would stir up righteousness, peace, and joy in this house, God. Fill us with joy. Put a smile on our face. Come on. Put a smile on our face. Thank you, Jesus. Let's be experts at joy. Come on. Who wants to be an expert at joy? Yeah, I do. I love to laugh. I really do. I love to, I want to laugh more. Laughter heals the body. The Bible says laughter is good for your bones. It's good for your soul. Yeah, Jesus. Thank you. So you have homework, you gotta practice laughing more. Do stuff that's more fun. That's just ridiculous. Go get your roller skates out and go roller skate. <laughs> and let someone else watch. That that's it. <laughs> no, whatever it is, like let's increase our joy, right?